Let's all say, yeah, give the Lord a hand. Praise yeah. God. And let's make our confession. The Word of God Check that bottom is, truth. is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. I will be blessed. And if I don't, and if I don't, I won't. I won't. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Everybody say, tell your neighbors, just that simple. Just that. Did simple. we plant a seed tonight? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. It's good to see you, honey. You are my wife, right? Yeah, I, I am. Sure? Okay. All right. Just want to. Just want to. <laughs> I'm wanna the one adventure. you picked up at the airport. So. Yeah. I. <laughs> oh God. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to share that. No, I no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Someday. Uh, oh, my. I, I, I cleaned a garage while you were gone. Uh-huh. I didn't clean it, but I straightened out a few things. And when you were talking about the supernatural there with Billy Joe and Sharon, this one box was broken, and I had to empty it, and a card is in there. And in this card, we're breaking ground for the new building. Oh, and it's uh, Kenneth, and Gloria, yeah. Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. Yeah. We're standing right there with Billy Joe and Sharon. <laughs> and uh, and on the back of the card, Billy Joe said, uh, we're believing for the su- – no, he didn't say super. I said, we're believing God. We need $5.1 million in seven months. I thought it, the, it ended up being $3 million, it but 3. it was 5. 5. 5. 1 million is what the total was on that, and God brought it all in. And at the time, the budget of the church, I think, was only a million and a half, two million dollars. So he actually tripled, God tripled the income into the church to buy the land to have everything that they now have out there debt free. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are you ready for tonight? Mm hmm. You, you want to share? Why don't you share with the people uh, anything you want to share about your trip? I know you're going to share Sunday, too, but uh, you want to share anything? Well, um, you know, when you travel with great faith, your faith is inspired. And, uh, you know, even though Pastor Sharon, you know, is not any longer the pastor of that church, the things they've done all over the world, uh, the fruit of that is still out there all over the world. And so uh, when we're when we're traveling, um, you know, we're treated like royalty. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I was just really blessed to be on this trip with her. But uh, it's because of the works of God. The works of God. You know, it says your gift will make a place for you. But that gift is a gift God gives you that is anointed, that brings life to people. And so the places that we went were places that knew pastors, Billy, Joe, and Sharon, and invited them to come. Every place we went, they're, they're all looking at properties bigger than what they have because God is getting ready to do something in the earth. Now, I know that there's all these things that that we're headed toward the end times, but I don't believe we're going out as a church with our head down, with our tail between our legs. We're going out of here, and we're going to take a lot of people with us that the devil thought he had because there's those people that are waiting for the church to be what God's called it to be, and God is going to use us mightily in these last days for him as long as we're obedient buildings are not going to be about buildings they're going to be about housing the people and meeting the needs of people that god wants to meet so the properties he's already designed for us as churches to have are in his plan and purpose for what he knows is the end of the of this part where before we get raptured god knows exactly how to do this we're not going to do it He's going to do it. But we have to be in position. Everybody say in position. And that's not just about where you're going to church. That's in your life spiritually where we're at. And uh, everywhere we went, uh, you know, God just touched people's lives. Uh, You know, um, 
for me, it was a blessing because the Lord told me years ago, you know, when you begin to sing, I'll minister to people as you're singing and my presence will be there. And he gave the same word to Sharon. So I just watched as she would sing. Now I'm playing for her, but you know, it's, it's like we're together, you know, we're like one because I've, I feel what she feels, you know? And so, uh, every, every service we pray for healings and there were people whose shoulders were healed, whose backs were healed. You know, we, there were just, all kinds of people hurt, hurt people who had been deeply hurt, you know, just felt the presence of God healing their hearts. And, uh, one lady just couldn't breathe. She has a situation with her lungs. She started being able to breathe. Another lady, her left arm and her heart up in the mountains of the Philippines, you know, where you can't just go to the ER, you know, um, you know, she she said all the pain left her arm, left her back. And so, uh, you know, God is moving by his spirit. He, he is the healer. And so just all of that. And then just, uh, hearing all the miracles and seeing, you know, even people that we went to visit were miracles of pastors, Billy Joe and Sharon's ministry. And, uh, especially the last one we went to was, uh, this place in the Philippines, Paul and Shadi Chase in 1978, they were in Tulsa and they, they went to Bible school at Rama, but they worked at Victor Christian center. And that's when pastors, Billy Joe and Sharon were really, uh, in their very first building. They weren't victory yet. They were shared in assembly. And, uh, and so they were with them through the time they launched the church, but then they left and went over to the Philippines. And he said, that Sharon, he, when he introduced her, he said, Sharon and Billy Joe were the only people who believed in us. We were young. We felt to go to the Philippines. We had no money, but they believed in us and we talked to them and they supported us all through that building program. When pastor Billy Joe said, we need, by the end, we needed first, first amount we needed was 3.5 million in seven months. And so Pastor got up and, and said, without telling anybody, the finance committee or anybody, uh, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to give away $700,000, 100000 a month that we have in our building fund. We're going to give it away for those seven months, and we're going to invest in somebody else so that we will receive. That's how God's going to give us $3.5 million. We need a miracle, and the only way to get a miracle is to sow into somebody else's life. He believed that. And uh, Paul, Paul Chase said, and we were one of the people that got $2,000 every six weeks to do pastor's crusades in all the islands of the Philippines from all part of that seed. And today he has a church. Every service we were in was 1,500 people. And, and he's looking at another building down the street. So we drove by it and prayed over it and believed for that building to come into the kingdom. God is ready to do miracles, signs, and wonders. And he does it all the time. But this is going to be an explosive thing all over the world. Nobody will be able to say anything. It's, I believe it's God's last before the rapture hits his heart to, that people would go after him. And so he's going to show himself mighty in the earth. And you could feel that everywhere we went. It's just like it's just stirring everywhere that we went. So I'm very excited. It really, um, 
you know, I, it was good for me because we had a lot of time where uh, I wasn't really having to do as much. So I had a lot of time to just pray, listen, let God speak to me about things. But God just confirmed all the things that I have seen and heard as I went from nation to nation to nation, you know, and place to place uh, from the very beginning to the end of the trip. And uh, I believe I'm going to share, I, I don't know, this Sunday I'm just going to share a word, but but I believe I'm going to do a series called Disaster Relief because God gave me a real, uh, a real, really, really big word on that, that, uh, you know, people right now are focusing on disaster relief, which we need to be in the natural, but it's a greater problem. It's spiritual disaster relief that's needed. And so, um, you know, I have felt that, you know, but as I did this and I'll, I'll explain it all when I do the series, but, uh, in this, I just have to tell you, Sharon and I, we, we get on these airplanes and it's so long on the airplane and I've never been a movie person. This is just a fun thing that happened. And so, um, she would say to me, watch Cinderella. I go, okay. So she gets Cinderella and I get Cinderella and we watch Cinderella. And then she say, get this one, get this one. Get it's here right here. So I get on and away we go. Well, then we watched nearly, I mean, these are long, long flights, you know, I mean, these are like six movie flights. <laughs> and so this last one, she said, we were on our way into the Philippines. We'd already flown five hours and we still had four hours. So on this one, she says to me, well, I found a movie. She grabs me. She said, what are you watching? I, I said something. She goes, San Andreas. It, it looks exciting. She said, I said, San Andreas, is that about a, is that about an earthquake? Because I saw earthquake movie once, and I just could hardly stay with it. And she said, yes. Well, so I get it going. Well, she's ahead of me. And so all of a sudden, I'm trying to get it, and I'm, I'm watching. Nothing has happened yet. And she grabs my arm and goes, oh. you know, and I'm thinking, what are we watching? And so, I mean, if you've not seen it, it's just, I mean, your heart is just like here. And, and I was like this, like this, and I was buried in her shoulder. She was grabbing my arm. <laughs> but we kept going. I don't know why we kept going all the way. And she looked at me at one point. She said, it's okay. The, the people that the people are stars, they never get killed. I go, okay. okay. Well, you know, it's not only an earthquake. It's a tsunami. It's, it's like everything, everything, every natural disaster you could have. And, um, of course, it's way overdone. You know, you could never survive like these people survive. But anyway, we got to the end. We got off the airplane. She said, wow, that was really something. I said, yeah, it, like it never stopped. It was like every 10 minutes, it was another disaster that they had to get out of. And so uh, I was worn out. And so we got, we got through, and uh, they, we got our luggage. And, and the man said uh, he had been a former VBI guy also. And he said he was so excited. He was getting our luggage. And, and they took the luggage, and I said, yeah, that's, that's mine. Because I saw the lock, and it was my, looked just like my bag. It was a Samsonite. It was everything my luggage is, except it wasn't mine. So I didn't know it, though. So we go to the hotel, and they take us to the 21st floor of this hotel. Now, we are treated in this hotel like we are the president or somebody. <laughs> they know our names. They call us by name on this floor. Uh, we have a key to get to our elevator in the elevator to get to the floor we're on so nobody can get where we are. Uh, the only thing is, it is glass ceiling to floor. And when you look out, it's like you're going to fall out. 
And so he says, come and sit down. Well, I was the first in, and they picked the booth right by the window. And literally, I'm going in like this because I've just been in an earthquake. And so I sit over there and I'm thinking, oh God, now I got to get over fear. I mean, we just got here. We're supposed to be faith people. And I don't know if I can sit by this window. So I'm sitting there. Well, then my phone rings and it's a Chinese person, but I don't know who it is, but it has the prefix of where we are. And it's a man and he starts talking and I can't understand him. And, and so I just hung up because I thought wrong number. Well, it rang again. So then I said to the girl, Dory, that was with me, I said, did you have some man call me? She goes, no. I said, well, here. So she took the phone and she got, comes back and she says, you have a Chinese man's luggage. He's at the airport and he wants his luggage. Well, I'm somewhere. I don't even know where I am, but I know it took 45 minutes to get to where I am. So he says, I'm coming to get my luggage. Well, I said, shouldn't we go get my luggage? And they said, oh, no, uh, we'll go get it. We'll send the driver. Well, long story short, that isn't how that works. <laughs> and so we're sitting there waiting. And uh, I got my luggage the next day. But anyway, this, um, this man and his wife, she's getting ready to take a test. They, everybody in their church had to take 40 hours of uh, class on Uh, dealing with natural disaster in the philippines they have natural disasters all the time the week before we got there the church that we were in they park under the church it rained so hard that all the all the cars in the parking garage were floating at the end of the service the elevator was shorted out everything was all down and and so you know they have things like that all the time so anyway she started talking about she's taken this final test about her natural disaster training And he said, yes, you know, since the earthquake in Nepal, my eyes (laughs) get about this thing. And he said, you know, we're on a fault right here. And I'm thinking a fault. (laughs) And Sharon looked at me and I looked at Sharon. And she she just sat there. And then she said, we just watched a movie. (laughs) And we told them what we watched while they were laughing. And uh, I thought. I don't know. This is going to be a long time. My luggage is lost. I'm in this building that's glass everywhere, everywhere. There's no walls, just glass. And, you know, we're way high up. And and so I just finally, they just said, well, we'll go to your room. Well, then the elevator wouldn't go. The door shut. And we we're in there. And the girl with me, she didn't know how to make the elevator go. And I thought, we're on the 21st floor. Where do we go after this? I mean, you know, we can't. So I just pushed the button and the door opened. I jumped right off that elevator. (laughs) And then they finally got me down to my room. We're not on the same floor. Sharon and I are way apart. And so I go to my room and they gave me as a blessing, a corner room, all glass, all glass, all sides, all glass. Now, I thought, I don't know if I can do this. I am really tired. I have no luggage. I don't know anybody. I don't know where my luggage is. I don't know if I have to go get my luggage. Then I called upstairs to get the people, and they had left. They weren't up there anymore. And uh, Sharon had gone to her room. So anyway, I called my husband. I said, you really need to pray for me. 
And so anyway, I made it through the night, and then I got my luggage, and then I said to the lady who was taking care of us, I said, do you think you could move me to the middle of the building (laughs) where I just have one big window (laughs) that goes ceiling to floor? And she said, sure, we'll move you. Well, I got to breakfast with Sharon, and she goes, I really had to overcome my thoughts last night. (laughs) Well, you and me both, sister, we are not watching any more scary movies on the airplanes. So, you know, your thoughts. Everybody say your thoughts. If You know, if you fill your mind, I don't usually watch things like that because I know I don't do very well. I mean, I don't like to watch people flying through the air and all that stuff. And so, uh, but your thoughts get captured. And then when the enemy puts you in a situation where he can play with those thoughts, those are the thoughts that ride to the top. So when my husband says, who or what controls you? And we're talking about thoughts tonight. I want to share that with you. Don't be, don't be putting in your eyeballs the things that you don't want to have to deal with later. That's a, yeah. That's the end of that story. That's a good word. And the good news is that the airlines are going to be printing now that before you take your luggage, you check the little bag ticket on there and make, I'm sorry. (laughs) Probably so. I will always, I won't let anybody, I was just letting the man get it because I always get my own bag and I always check my tag. But, you know, they do that for you uh, when you have somebody, you know, with you that takes care of you. You do realize that it's never the fall from that height that kills you. It's the sudden stop. I know. Okay. Now, if you, <laughs> I looked for the I looked for the stairways, but I thought, the, fat chance I'm going to get down 20 <laughs> floors running in 90 mile an hour. I just need to pray no earthquakes while I'm here. I mean that's so I went for that one. <laughs> no disasters while I'm here or any other time because those buildings that's what they have over just huge. All of the buildings were that high. Made me feel important. She said, "Honey, you really need to pray for me." <laughs> <laughs> I did. Okay, the word today, and we're we're going to paraphrase all of this message, but it's it's really important based on the time frame we live in. You and I talked about it, but who or what is in control of you? Turn to your neighbor and just say, that's a good question. Who, Who controls you or what controls you? And I was going to bring a, a the the channel changer in here, and I forgot it. I left it at home, but I, I thought about a, a channel changer, remote control, and how that's okay. Thanks anyway, but but uh, how you have the remote control, and uh, you're watching television, and you can start flipping through, and you can go from one channel of watching a baseball game to a horror show that will make you shudder uh, to something else that you shouldn't be watching. And your emotions can run the gamut just by going from one channel to another. Same thing in your mind. And our thoughts control whatever answer you want to give. You know, you might say my husband or my aunt, my uncle, whatever. But, but what, what controls us is our mind. The Holy Spirit wants to control us through our spirit. But nothing is done through you, through me, or through anyone out here unless it goes through our mind. And that our mind can short-circuit the things of God or it can release to the things of God so that we can do and accomplish what God has for us. And from the very beginning, people from the garden, when Adam and Eve fell, thoughts came that had to be ciphered through. You had to determine what you were going to think. Adam and Eve, before they partook of the fruit, did not have to do that. They could only think good thoughts. But once the fall came, 
once the devil came and questioned the word of God, did God really say, then they opened the door to the devil. And that's the world that we live in today. And there is a control factor and a fight going on where the devil is fighting for our thoughts uh, under the control of the devil. The Antichrist and the spirit of the Antichrist is trying to control our thoughts. The world without Jesus is trying to control our thoughts and manipulate us. And the bottom line is that our mind is going to control us for the rest of the time we have on this earth. And unless that mind is renewed, and we say this scripture and we quote it a lot in this church, Romans 12, 2 that unless we present our bodies a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, we will not be controlled by God. We will be controlled by situations and circumstances and what many times is called situational ethics. You know, I think in the last days that we're in, and I don't know how long they'll be. Uh, it doesn't really matter how long it is till Jesus comes for the church. It's that we're doing what God told us to do yep. in this time that we have. And that's the same for your life or my life. It doesn't matter. We all have so many days. We all have the same amount of hours every day. And God has things that are signed for us to do. And so uh, all the things that, that have been shared this year in this church are right along with what God's saying all over the world. It's a time of preparation, but the preparation starts with our mind. It starts with what we're, what we see when things happen. And we have an opportunity every day to make choices based on what's coming at us. There are all kinds of influences that come at us to try to pull us this way and that way. But we still ultimately have the choice of what we meditate and what we think on. So when we see things, the church cannot be fearful. The church has to have their thoughts established. And the Bible says in Proverbs 16:3 that if you put, uh, commit your works to the Lord, your thoughts will be established. What that means is if you commit what you're doing every day to the Lord and you're doing what God tells you to do, that will help establish your thoughts. You're not going to be having thoughts all over the place. Your thoughts will become focused on those things that you're doing. And so it's really important that um, we begin to focus on the Word of God more than we ever have. You know, when we read through the Bible in a year, we have that plan. Um, as I would listen to Sharon preach. And I know in my own life, she started reading the Bible as a high school girl. Well, now when she preaches, when she says scripture, she says the whole scripture and where it is. And those people that are running those screens are flapping that scripture up on that screen constantly. She doesn't even have to look at her Bible. She doesn't have to look at her notes. Her word is hidden in her heart. And that word just comes rolling out. It's the time when we need the word to roll out of us in situations where we face fear, where we face things. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I, I had to say a lot of those scriptures, and that was just a minor thing. But I believe we're going to face very fearful, intimidating circumstances. And so what's in our mind, what our thoughts are controlled by is going to have to be the word of God, not what we see, or we're not going to be able to do what we need to do in this situation. We're going to be we're going to be paralyzed by our thoughts and not be able to use the thoughts that God's given us to do what we need to do. <clears throat> That's a good word, honey. And we're, we're in a dangerous time. 
and you can focus on the danger and you can focus upon all the negative things like we shared Sunday, or you can focus on the Word of God. Adam and Eve did not focus on the Word of God. And in Genesis chapter 3, now, now we know the devil came in Genesis 3, 1 and said, has God indeed said? In Genesis chapter 3, God said, sin lies at the door desiring you. Sin lies for your next thought to devour you at the door to your mind. And when these thoughts come, and when you see things out there, you can respond with the Word of God, or you can respond with an emotional response that is going to open the door to the devil in your life. And when it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, 8, that the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. Do we have power, love, and a sound mind? Yeah, First Timothy. Pam just quoted it. However, when he comes and knocks, he will knock on your door, trying to get you to open it to something that is apart from God. We're experiencing it in this world right now. We're experiencing it in churches. You talk about immorality, it's sweeping the nation. And a lot of people that are not grounded in the Word of God said, well, did God really mean it? It's just like in the book of Genesis. Did God really mean for people to be like this? Or could we just accept everybody and love everybody? And before you know it, you're starting to enter into the spirit of the Antichrist. That door has opened. Do we love everybody? Yes. Do we accept everybody? Yes. Do we accept the way they are? No. no. We do not accept sin. Now, we don't get on a sin mission of trying to root out sin. We try to share love everywhere that we go. And as the devil walks about, he's trying to get us to be deceived in our thought life. This thought came to me, and I, and I was just playing around with the calculator this morning. The average person thinks about 30,000 thoughts a day. That's an average person. If you multiply that out by a year, that's 10 million, that's 11 million thoughts that we have that come through our mind a year. 11 million thoughts. And they come from all sorts of different directions. But the thought life to be established, Pam just read it, it's in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, that the Lord will establish our thoughts if we will commit everything and our ways to Him. And that's where a lot of people are still in control of their life. And I would venture to say this. Now turn to your neighbor say, He may be talking to you now. <laughs> this is my observation of people. Most people are in control of their lives themselves as long as everything is going okay. They're not giving it all to God. But when all hell breaks loose in their life, then they're trying to give it to God. But when you're in control, you're opening the door and the devil comes in. And once he comes in, it is very difficult to get him out because we're all creatures of habit. And what you allow to settle in your mind becomes established for you. And there are a lot of people who have settled things in their mind that need to be rooted out and move on with the things of God because we can't give any control to anyone other than God. And the Holy Spirit wants to be in control of our lives no matter how good it is or no matter how bad it is. The Holy Spirit wants to be in control. And, you know, when, some, when somebody um, allows something other than the Word of God to control them, uh, <clears throat> then those thoughts influence every other thing they do. Yeah. And uh, the word influence is capacity to have an effect on the character development 
or behavior of someone. And so when your thoughts are under control of something other than the word of God, it has the opportunity to influence your character. It has an opportunity to affect you, not just in what you think your thought life, but it will begin to change the way you are. Your character will be affected by those thoughts. And, uh, you know, sometimes when I counsel people, they like to tell me the story over and over of what's happened to them. You know, it's like every time, and when I used to do a lot of counseling, every time I would meet with somebody, they want to start over on all the things. Well, you know, I would hear maybe once the things and even if it got too many, I just say, let's just stop talk. Let's let's decide what we're going to do to get an answer to this situation. Because the more people rehearse it, the deeper the thought embeds in their heart, and, and it's harder to get it out again. So <clears throat> we need we need to use our authority as a believer to to come against those thoughts. And those thoughts can be rooted out. But the way they're rooted out is to replace them with the good thoughts of the Word of God. In other words, put the good in, and the bad is moved out of the way. <clears throat> this morning I got up, and, and uh, how, how many of you are facing some things that you really need God's wisdom, and you know by faith you have it, but you really don't know exactly what to do yet? Can I see your hands? And th- there are some things that we have in our lives, and I woke up this morning, and I was thinking about them, and I thought, God, I, I just don't know exactly what to do. And uh, and instantly uh, uh, what I heard I heard this word, and uh, and 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 it just went. It, Sharon Doherty had written this song, and and uh, there's a breakthrough coming, and uh, and as I was quote just repeating it, there's a breakthrough coming. There's a breakthrough coming, and uh, there's a breakthrough coming. I know because Jesus is still on the throne. And so I, I was kind of singing that song internally and thinking about it and all. And it was just really great, and I thought, wow, that's really great because I slept too late this morning. And I was late getting up, and, and so everything's starting to fall into place. There's a breakthrough coming. So I got all dressed and had on a pair of light colored pants and went out and every morning I drink a can of tomato juice and I, I slipped with a knife and hit the side of the tomato juice and the can exploded. Have you ever seen an exploded can of tomato juice with light colored pants? I'm standing in the kitchen like this thinking things other than there's a breakthrough coming. <laughs> So then I go out and get a, a cup of coffee and come to church and walk in the office and set the cup of coffee down and it tips over, spills all over the dash. And I got coffee all over and I say, God, this seems to be going from bad to worse. And I'm <laughs> trying to blot it all up and all. And then I look up and on my desk is sitting a brand new Bose uh, of CD player in the box, in the package. I thought, glory to God, I wonder if that's for me. And I opened it up. It's a brand new Bose that I was blessed with. So my breakthrough was coming. So all of a sudden, now I'm just telling you how the mind works. All of a sudden, the orange juice did, or the uh, great, uh, whatever, tomato juice. The tomato juice didn't matter. The coffee didn't matter because I had my eyes on the prize of what God blessed me with through somebody else wanting to bless me. And that's the way the mind works. Now, James 4, 7 says, if you submit to God, you resist the devil, he will always flee from you. Now, in James 4, 7, that word submit means accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another. In other words, we are accustomed to submission to someone else. I venture to say that many people in the body of Christ are not accustomed to submission. They're accustomed to making their own decisions. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to wear. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to spend. This is the decisions I want to make. And all of those things are not yielded to the Holy Spirit. Adam and Eve did that. 
God told them, don't do this. They thought for themselves, and they got in trouble. We are made by God to be spirit, soul, and body. We walk by the Word of God. Jesus said at Matthew 4, 4, man should live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that we are sons and daughters of God who are led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead us to all truth. John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15. We are in a dangerous time right now. We don't have to focus on the danger but we have to focus on the leading of the authority. And the authority will take us through. Have you ever been through a construction zone? And they say, slow down. They tell you why to slow down. I'm not going there, by the way. They tell you to slow down for a reason. They tell you there's danger ahead. They don't tell you pull over and panic. They say, follow the signs. And you follow the signs, and it goes well. God knows what's happening because he told us in the Bible. So therefore, what is God telling us to do individually by the Spirit? Not all of us corporately doing the same thing, but all of us corporately serving and following the leading of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Just as your trip. Mm-hmm. Anybody could have said about that trip, heck yes, I'm going to Maui and the Philippines and Australia, and somebody's going to pay all the expenses. Yeah, I think I'll go. No, we prayed about that. Mm-hmm. And we prayed, and we prayed for a while yep. about that and determined. And you said, you know, do you really want me to be going 21 days? And I said, no, I don't, honey. And, you know, and, and but, but we came to an agreement we felt like God said. Yeah. And a lot of people are trying to be in unity in the world today, and then I'm going to let you close out here. A lot of people are trying to be in unity today, and I hope you hear this right, in unity today with one another. I want to be in unity with you, and we'll all be in unity together. But Ephesians 4.3 says, Always endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And if you can picture this triangle going up to the top, and everybody seeking the unity of the Holy Spirit, everybody doing what the Holy Spirit is showing them to do, you meet and you have total unity. But we can't always get together, and we can never get together with unity in the world. We'll never get together with unity with the Antichrist and the devil and the spirit of the Antichrist that's in this world today. Our unity is a bond with the Holy Spirit. God said that settles the issue, and I'm putting it in my mind, and it's going to be in there, implanted, and I'm going to follow it. And any thought that is contrary, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 3, 5, any thought that is contrary to the Word of God, contrary to the will of God, I cast it out. I may not be able to change people from what they're doing, but I will not go where they are, and I will not accept it for myself because I know what God is saying. That's how tenacious we're going to have to be. People are not our problem. Our problem is the spirit of the Antichrist that is circling the globe rapidly and picking up speed under the direction of the devil, honey. And, you know, I think um, I just believe just to share this uh, at the beginning when uh, we did the after the communion came out of worship, I felt to encourage people to believe for the things that God has promised. Uh, it's it's between the hearing of the word and the actual seeing it come to pass that your thoughts become critical because your thoughts have to stay focused on the promise and on the promiser, it can, we cannot get off. And I felt to encourage uh, all of us t- to wait for God. 
you know, sometimes people, um, they hear God and they know God wants to do something. And then they go about getting in a situation to try to make that happen. That is a disaster. I've never in my life had to go get what God told me to go get. He's always come for me when it was time. The thing that happens is we know what it looks like. It's time. It looks like we should do something. Circumstances seem like I ought to to step out or I ought to do this. There's times where the pressure gets like that, but the key is to wait. And the waiting comes when you keep your thoughts established Mm -hmm. on what God said. When God is ready, he will do it. He will come and get you. He will bring the answer. And and I know for my husband, I, you know, sometimes it, it takes like, things we have to do that we don't want to have to do but we have to do them because we cannot get ahead of god we could go try to do something make it happen but that will not work in the kingdom of light in the kingdom of god we operate by grace and grace is god's ability to accomplish what he wants to in our lives not ours And so if we start trying to do things in our own strength, in our own timing, based on circumstances, how many of you here have had circumstances seem like, I got to do something? Yeah. Well, that's when you want to stand still, keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Could I say that again? Keep your mouth shut and meditate what God has said and don't say anything unless you're going to say what God said because the enemy is right there at your door trying to take that promise from your life and nothing can take it from you if you stay in agreement with God but it's called waiting on God everybody say waiting on God waiting on on God is not sitting there going oh dear God surely it'll be today it's not that it's vitally connected to the vine, speaking the word every day, thanking God that the promise is there, that it's coming because it's not about me. It's going to profit other people. God, you're all about people. So I will stand firm and I will hold on to this promise. But I know in your timing, you will make it happen. And so I am just here holding this position until you bring what needs to be done to make it happen and get everybody in position. That takes your thought life being connected to the control of God and not the control of the circumstances because they're going to be screaming, do something. (laughs) Would you just do something? And then the devil's going to say, well, you know, God told you that you were going to da-da-da-da-da. So you just probably need to step right out. Don't do that because it'll be like stepping off that 21st floor story of that building. There won't be anything there. It's a fake thing. Stand still. Everybody say, stand still. You know, when, when those, when Moses and the people, they got trapped and, and God said, why are you crying to me? Stand still. Everybody say, don't cry, stand still and rehearse the promise and rehearse the scripture and stand in position and wait because God will part the sea. He will part it. You'll walk by faith through it. But you're going to have to be in that position with your mouth shut. Everybody say mouth shut. (laughs) Let's stand up. Hallelujah. It's very critical. You know, I learned that on this trip. I I sometimes wanted to say things like, this is way too long, Lord. I don't want to be gone this long. But then I'd hear God say, I I ask you to do this for me. I'll, I'll help you. Was I lonely? Yeah. Sometimes I really miss Pastor Bill. But it didn't matter. Sometimes we just have to do what God says. 
And if we do it, keeping our eyes on focus on the promise, we may have emotions, but emotions have to submit to the to the thoughts and the will of God. Amen. We are going to see great things. Turn your neighbor and say, I'm going to see them. I'm going to see them. But we're going to have to stay in that position that God's put us in. Honey, why don't you pray for everybody? But how many of you could do a better job of waiting and keeping your mouth shut just a little bit more than you do? Honey, I think you got a home crowd here to pray for. Father, we thank you tonight that, that you have given us a mouth. But that mouth is to proclaim the truth and the mighty works of God and not to proclaim what we don't see, but to proclaim what you see. And we see by the eye of faith. We don't see in the natural realm. I pray for everyone here tonight that the enemy's trying to steal from them the promises and dreams and visions that God has given them. This is the hour. This is the hour, church. This is the hour for those things to start coming to pass. But this is also the hour of intimidation of the enemy to try to steal what God is about to do. So I thank you, Father, tonight. I want you to say this. Lord, forgive me for doubting or rehearsing the enemy's thoughts or my thoughts with the enemy's help. I decree that your word is truth. I speak your word because your word has power to change my situation, to change other situations. And I know that my mouth is a voice for this time in this earth. So I ask you, when I open my mouth and I begin to speak wrong things, that you will show me immediately so that I can change my words to line up with your word I have more than enough for every good work. I am more than a conqueror because of Jesus. And his blood has made a way where there is no way. I walk above circumstances. I am not under any circumstance. Every circumstance has to submit to the will and plan of God. So I will walk with determination with boldness, with confidence that greater is he that's in me than any situation, circumstance, person, anything that would try to stop the will of God. What is in me is greater and I can overcome and walk in the victory in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Well, go and be blessed. We'll see you Sunday. God has great things in store for you.